Hello and welcome to episode 26 of It's Lit But Is It Funny, the podcast where we tickle the feet of literature and see if we can coax it into laughing. My name is Jonathan Pinnock and I'm the author of the Mathematical Mystery Series of Comic Thrillers published by Farago Books. My guest today is Andy Fanton, who, according to his Wikipedia page, is a comic strip creator, artist and writer who is best known for his work in The Dandy and the Beano. We actually collaborated uh, many, many years ago before he became a global superstar on a thing called Mrs. Darcy versus the Aliens versus Lord Likely, which is a mashup between two of our characters. Indeed we did. Might talk about that a bit more later, or maybe not, depending on how tasteful we feel it is to raise that sort of thing again. Anyway, welcome, Andy. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me along. It's a pleasure. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about Andy's own work later on, but first we're going to talk about the book he's chosen to discuss, which is Roald Dahl's 1981 book for kids, George's Marvelous Medicine, illustrated brilliantly as ever by Quentin Blake. So, Andy, would you like to give us a quick introduction to the book and tell us what it was that made you choose it? Yeah, well, um, Roald Dahl was a huge influence on me growing up, like a lot of kids, have, you know, <laughs> I guess, especially of my age and stuff. And... Like I think I said in my initial, when we were working this out, it's probably not his best book overall, like story-wise or anything. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite slight in its, you know, uh, actual narrative, but it is a funny one. And I do, I have a real soft spot for it. It's like one of the ones I really remember vividly reading as a kid. And of course, being read to me by Rick Mail on George and Jack and Ori that time. Yeah, I was going to mention that, but that's a, yeah. still, I found that on YouTube. It's absolutely wonderful. It's, it's, it's a, really worth seeking out. It's electrifying, isn't it? You can, just as a kid, when you <laughs> see this wild eyed guys pacing around this room, pirouetting all over the place, spitting out these <clears> lines, <throat> it's like, it really grabbed my attention. It stuck with me. For, it's weird because today's the eighth day since, uh, eighth year since uh, Rick Mail passed. So um, it's yeah. funny that you should come up oh, today. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw that on, online earlier. It was like, blimey, yeah. eight years. Crikey. Eight years. Oh my God, yeah. yeah, so, uh, yeah, so this one's always stuck in my mind. It's just a, it's quite an, archi- it's quite, quite a sort of distilled doll, if you like. It's sort yes. of like everything you know about doll is just condensed into this slight volume, but it's all there, you know, <laughs> the distrust of, you know, the horrible adult figure, you know, <laughs> the, the plucky kid who's going to stand up to them, grotesque things befalling, you know, that, characters it's it's all there just a microcosm of dull really and i think that's why it's 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 always a favorite just to pull out and read to the kid or you know i've got my own son now and i've read it to him before it's just a nice pacey read it's it's funny which is crucial for this i think um and yeah it's just it's just uh, an influential book for me for as a as a child and going forward i mean it's the anti-adult kind of thing is definitely a thing that feeds into my work in the Beano kind of thing, because all of the characters in the Beano are similarly predisposed to, you know, <laughs> cause trouble for adults yes. who are standing in their way. So I think it's fed into what I do now as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you want to give a quick sort of summary of the plot? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, basically uh, there's a lad called George who has a, who's being looked after by his gran, who's quite a, a nasty figure she's quite mean to him especially when the, uh, his parents are away she sort of turns on him and starts belittling him and she she her first thing is the first description of her is that she opens her wicked eyes you know she's just a <laughs> mean grumpy old woman who is cantankerous and grouchy and george she asked george to make him a, her a cup of tea and he does so but she complains about that and he's just had enough and he starts thinking about how, what he'd like to do to get revenge on her kind of kind of thing and uh he comes up with this idea because she's taking medicine anyway 
uh, to make his own medicine and swap them. And therein lies the conflict. <laughs> he makes yes. he makes his makes his medicine, and it has unusual effects, shall we say, <laughs> on on Granny. Yeah, uh, it, it's uh, it's quite extraordinary. Yeah, I I I've, I've never actually I've never read this one before, believe it or not. Oh, really? I was I was I was a bit too old for Roald Dahl when he sort of his stuff first first started coming out. I mean, yeah. I think he wasn't wasn't too old for his really his first few ones, but uh, I missed out on this one completely. And for some reason, I never read this one to 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 our kids. But uh, it's, it's so it's quite nice to to, to actually have a chance to read it. Yeah, I mean, I was a, like I said, I was a big Dahl fan anyway. I remember the BFG mm. was the first book I ever bought with my own money, kind of thing. You know, like, right. not <laughs> I say my own money; it was money given to me by my parents. But um, yeah. it was when they used to send around magazines to like catalogs of books to schools, kind of thing. You could choose a book, and then a few days later, it would appear, and you you could you could have it. And I remember the BFG right. being the first. I've still got the copy as well. The cover's fallen off and it's held by sellotape, but I've still got it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and uh, yeah, this one, I just went through all these books when I was a kid. I devoured them all, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And this one's just partly because of Jack Norrie, I guess, and partly just because <laughs> it's a, a one that I've read a lot because it's quite short. So it's nice to just pick up and blast through kind of thing. But yeah, it's a, I, I'm, I'm fond of this one. <laughs> it, it, I mean, you're right. It, it, it's very much a sort of distilled Roald Dahl in the essence of it isn't it really in, in, in the story because I mean you've got that generational split and, yeah and it's, it's quite interesting though that there's sort of three generations and there's this there's, there's, there's George himself who is basically kind-hearted and ultimately in the end he's actually quite cautious yeah he's told from his viewpoint but I mean obviously he he, he, he there's a wicked streak to him yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but it's it's you get the impression that it's it's kind of justified because he's been put upon. Yeah, and plus he's and, just a kid. There's there's quite yeah. a nice little um, sorry, there's quite a nice little uh, thing that I thought summed him up quite well. In uh, it's right at the beginning actually. When uh, I'll just read it quickly. It's um, yeah, go I'm going shopping in the village. George's mother said to George on Saturday morning. So be a good boy and don't get up to mischief. This was a silly thing to say to a small boy at any time. <laughs> it immediately made him wonder what sort of mischief he might get up to. And that's kind of the essence of him. He's, yes, he's a kid, you know, exactly. who's going to get yeah, up to absolutely. You, you tell him not to do something, he's going to do it. <laughs> but but yeah. essentially, as you say, he is kind-hearted. He's not a, yeah. he's not a mean spirit boy. And there's the grandmother who, who, is, who is just revolting and unpleasant. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, I love the description of it. George couldn't help disliking grandma. She was a selfish, grumpy old woman. She had a had pale brown teeth yeah. and a small puckered up mouth like a dog's bottle. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that, that is just fantastic. That's that a beautiful fantastic. bit of description. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think the interesting character in some ways is the father because he's yeah he, he's sort of a really enthusiastic and like any sort of hard-pressed father, he's sort of, or hard-pressed parent, he, he is sort of, he is short, short of money because, you know, because he's in that sort of age where he has to manage it and yeah, and, and all that sort of stuff. And so he's thinking of how he can turn George's medicine into profit. And that's yeah. in some way dri drives the second part of the book, really, I suppose. Yeah, well, they're farmers as well, aren't they? Well, yeah, his the, dad yeah. is. His dad's a that's farmer. Right. And, and, yeah, and he thinks, if, you know, if I, I could feed this to, 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 to all my animals and, and make a fortune and, and, and sell it to other farmers and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. So the, un, the unexpected side effects of the medicine that I didn't really expand upon is that it does make Granny, granny grow massive. She grows super yeah. tall. She her head bursts out through the roof of the house, and she's loving it. She's loving like suddenly becoming massive and huge, 
And then George sort of demonstrates further on a chicken, but it makes it grow sort of big and plump as well. And that's what sparks the father's idea kind of thing. He thinks, oh, if we can feed it to pigs and cows, we can get so much more meat off the cows and stuff. You know, we can lay, the chickens can lay massive eggs. We'll be, you know, in profit. Ka-ching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and meanwhile, he, he, he's particularly, he's really <laughs> standing callous about his mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. grandmother who is... Suffering a little because yeah. I mean the, the the I suppose spoiler alert <laughs> but the, 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 I mean the, the key problem with with George's medicine is that he doesn't actually have a formula for it. it no, he just bungs everything he's in. He's just bunged everything in and and, and made it completely random. So each iteration of it is different, has a different effect, mm. and then finally it ends up with Grandma just vanishing from sight completely. Yeah. And and the reaction to that is 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 glorious because because the, the the father sort of is is, is really excited is is really happy about this because she's gone and really hated it, that sort of thing. And the, the mother she's she she's actually quite callous as well because yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, the, at the first she sort because of, the dad sort of goading George on because yeah Granny's sort of going mistakes the medicine for tea doesn't she at the end and she's sort of like oh you've made yeah. a cup of tea but not made me any I'll have it. And mum's going, no, George, don't. And dad's going, yes, George, let her have it. <laughs> have it. <laughs> you know? And uh, but by the end, even as you say, the mum's sort of like, well, she was a nuisance. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> by the time Granny's shrunk so small, she's vanished from sight. They're both kind of like quite quite pleased about. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, so for a few minutes, because because the the the, the, the surname's Cranky, isn't it? But yeah. First, for, for a few minutes, Mrs. Cranky kept wandering around with a puzzled look on her face, saying, Mother, where are you? Where have you gone? Where have you got to? How can I find you? <laughs> but she calmed down quite quickly. By lunchtime, she was saying, Ah, oh, well, I suppose it's all for the best, really. She was a bit of a nuisance around the house, wasn't she? <laughs> and she, she sort of joined, joins in with the idea. That yeah, she was shot of her. Quite quickly. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you sort of, you, you can sort of see, yeah. Yeah, I think it's been carefully constructed to make it so at least George isn't wholly culpable because that's where it could yeah. look like, where it, goes, yeah, like yeah, it makes medicine right. and it makes her vanish kind of thing. But his yes. medicine just has, yeah. he just wanted to give her a bit of a fright, you know, or do something, make her go, ah, or something, you know, that was his yeah. kind of plan. He does say he wants to explode her, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but he does, but then he sort of walks that back and says, not literally, he didn't want to explode her kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's the, like you say, the different iterations of trying to recreate the formula when he's just bunged everything in has the side effect. And it's Granny's own sort of greed in a way that is her own undoing. She demands to have this, what she thinks is a cup of tea. Give it to me, come on, give it to me. And, and yeah. that, so that leads to her downfall. But yeah, she certainly, he's certainly, she's certainly egged on by the dad. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the mother-in-law trope writ large you know it's oh my awful yes. mother-in-law i could finally make her vanish <laughs> yeah which no does that make it a bit old-fashioned i suppose i suppose so yeah i suppose it's, uh, in, a, in a way yeah oh you, you, it, it's always interesting that, i mean interesting to, to, to look at these things from sort of a modern day perspective yeah yeah um, yeah and, and to work you know and, and generally speaking in, in dull it can be quite cruel but usually yeah the the child is is effectively punching upwards if you want to sort of analyze it that way yeah yeah i, I guess yeah usually so, the adults are kind of really horrible or yeah you know like in matilda there's mistrunchable you know you've got your characters mm. who are very set in ruining the kids days essentially yeah yeah so uh 
It try, it, there's cruel comeuppances, maybe, but yeah, it's often set in motion by the adults' actions or yes, whoever, whoever it is. Yeah. Except for in Charlie Chocolate Factory, where it's the kids who get it, obviously. Yeah, I was reading the uh, Wikipedia page on, on George's mum, Smithson, and there's a fantastic bit about safety concerns. Though it was a popular book for reading to children in primary school, great care was taken by teachers to warn children to not try and recreate the medicine at home due to the hazardous nature of some of its ingredients. There is a disclaimer warning before the story stating, warning to readers, do not try to make George's marvellous medicine yourselves at home. It could be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> now, in, 20, in 2020, a team of British researchers performed a toxicological investigation of the potion and all 34 of its ingredients. They reported in the BMJ that if ingested, it would cause vomiting, kidney injury, convulsions, and other severe health problems, including the most likely clinical outcome, death. Okay. The overall outcome for Grandma would be fatal, catastrophic philo- physiological collapse. They wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you wouldn't go at all. <laughs> uh, it's a da- damn shame. Did, it's a shame. I mean, extraordinary list of things. That yeah, I was like. going to mention about the ingredients because some of them. Yeah. Uh, like when George George just goes through the house and he just picks up things and just pours it in the tub, like anything. Like uh, I've written some of them down here. <laughs> some of them are quite funny, funnily named as well. There's a. Uh, Nevermore Ponking, which is a deodorant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Flowers of turnips, which is a p- perfume. <laughs> and then he goes on to um, animal pills as well. He goes into the shed and starts getting all this animal medicine that his dad obviously keeps for his farm. Yeah. And there's stuff that, that helps chickens with uh, sore beaks <laughs> and hen gripe, <laughs> whatever that may be. <laughs> and pig pills as well. But if the dosage is exceeded, it warns, it will make the pig rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, but yeah, there's always kind of stuff yeah. he's just chucking in there. Um, yeah, he d- I mean, including he, paint to make it look brown, so it looks oh, like yes. original medicine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I mean, Dalton does like, like inventing words, doesn't it? Because there, does, there's, yeah. the, there's the fantastic bit grandma st- first takes the medicine and is uh complaining about what's going on inside her. Says, all right, she shelled. Who's all right? There's Jackie jumpers in my tummy, there's squigglers <laughs> right. in my belly, there's bangers in my bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just yeah like, like i say about it's, it's um, a rick mail moment <laughs> yeah that's what i was going to say yeah that's exactly what i was just thinking of like it is just one of those it's just those kind of uh yeah language that rick mail can just spit out perfectly you know with such mm. glee which he did in that jack and Ori. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah Oh, yeah, she even says at one point, it's killing me. So maybe there is some <laughs> truth to that. Well, there obviously there's truth to it, but maybe that backs up to what the scientists, <laughs> yes. scientists discovered. Because <laughs> she at one point just goes, it's killing me. <laughs> but it doesn't. It makes her, at first it makes her just float in the air, doesn't it? And suspends her in the air. While yes, that's right. Freezes in midair, just hovering. <laughs> uh, Before it begins doing the other stuff. <laughs> Killy Cranky, that's his name. Yeah, the farmer's name. Killy Cranky. Killy Cranky. I don't know why so many crankies figured in my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. So, yeah I mean, I, as I was gonna say, I'd, I'd really missed out on on Roald Dahl's children's stories. Uh, saying I was just a little bit too old, but I'd, I'd, I'd love his short stories. Oh yeah, like the wonderful story of Henry Sugar and stuff. Yeah, and things like uh, the William Mary one, which is William and Mary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A fantastic one about the bloke who who gets his his eyes preserved 
Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Enough brain to, to make them work after his death. And, and, and it's wonderfully creepy setups and, and the, always always with a, with a wonderful twist in the tail at the end of it. And, and they tend to get a bit sneered at these days, I think, because it's, it's a bit of a, can be a bit of a, of, of a, of a cheap way of sort of bringing a story to an end, having some yeah, yeah. slick twist in it. But yeah, he, yeah. He, he was he was always a bit there's there's something a little bit more evil about about the way he used to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely a bit more macabre, a bit more. Yeah, yeah definitely. But I was awesome. just I was just look, look look at an ancient edition of Kiss Kiss. Oh yes, yes, and there's a glorious blurb on the back. If your taste is for the macabre, the sick, the outrageous, the unexpected, the horrifying, Roald Dahl will give you orgiastic delight. <laughs> if not. If not, you are going to miss one of the most sophisticated collections of short stories in print. Beautiful <laughs> <laughs> stuff. There you go. Can't ask, yeah. can't ask for more than that, can you? Yeah. He, he, yeah. he was. A, he, he was a bit. Of, I mean, he was a bit of a complicated character, wasn't he? But, well, yeah, yeah. That obviously plays. Uh, obviously, when you're a kid, you don't know any of that. But <laughs> it's become more, you know, vocalised amongst people now, especially with the internet spreading things, you know, disseminating yeah. information so quickly. But yeah, yeah, he would definitely... I mean, yeah. his prints go, go off on some horrific anti-Semitic stuff. And then, yeah. although although most of the people he actually worked with were, were, were Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's, it, uh, it's very, very complicated and problematic. And, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 I was thinking about it yesterday, what would you be like if you were on Twitter? And I, I thought, mm. oh my God, you... Yeah. the best thinking about you'd be constantly hoping he'd just shut up and you'd be bloody trending every day and people would be like, <laughs> like, what's oh, he God, said what's now, he now? <laughs> what's he said now yeah oh jesus christ yeah. and those yeah it, yeah it sits in the back of your mind while you're reading you know like mm. those elements you know um but as i say i can't deny the influence he had on me as a kid and no i know oh, you, you you can't sort of and the fact that the work is is you know Funny, <laughs> good, yeah. you know. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it's a delicate, it's a delicate balancing act of it acknowledging is. that he was he was less than ideal, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, and and the skip, his obvious skill as an author, you know, it's always yeah. well, one of those things you have to weigh up, isn't it, when you're approaching works. Like it that. is, it is, and um, that's one of the things I find quite interesting about some of these books. Books to look at on this, that, that some some of them, yeah, you have to sift out what what's what's good ones, and, and it's just like. One, one author that um, uh, no one has picked yet, and I, I really would love to do, is, is Tom Sharp. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Because some of some of his stuff is absolutely hilarious, but he's also quite misogynistic and a bit... Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, you think, uh, is, is there still any value on it or not? And, and uh, I'd be really interested to look at that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be fascinating to go back and see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean... Move, I guess moving into, into into your work, I guess that's. I just wanted to give a quick props. Oh, you oh. did you did give quick props at the start there, but I just wanted to. The Quentin Blake illustrations throughout are great. Oh yes, well. <laughs> I, forgot to, I forgot completely. Forgot to, yeah, I mean quick, quick, I, I, Quentin Blake is is. I mean he's, he's attached uh, attached to the hip to uh, to Roald Dahl, isn't he? Yeah, really? yeah. Anytime they re-released him, but they changed the, illust- the illustrator. They did that a couple of times, like for a couple of books. I can't remember. Have they? Yeah, like oh they did it over time, and then I think they reverted back recently. But um, yeah, I can't remember which ones it was. Yeah, you some of them they sort of swapped out, swapped out his illustrations to someone else, and you'd go, mm. <laughs> 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 "It's fine illustration work, but it's not, it's not yeah. the same," you know. 
No, it's not. It just, it just, it just encapsulates the chaos and the kind of yeah, the, yeah, that's right. The yeah. Sur surrealism of it, of the dull text. You know, it's just all there in the pictures. It's just brilliant, they're brilliant, scrappy kind of mm. twisted sketches <laughs> that accompany the tales, and they're perfect. Yeah. They're, they're always. I mean, bang did, on. Did, did that? Did the illustrations in kids' books sort of influence you in any way? Did, well, yeah, Blake definitely did. Yeah, yeah. As well as mm. artists in comics, I read a lot of art, uh, comics when I was a kid. Yeah, Quentin Blake was one of the ones that I definitely, you know, sort of spent my time copying out of books and stuff, like that, you know, <laughs> trying to go, well, how does he do that? What's this? But yeah, so it's such a distinctive style, you know, you can't help but uh, yeah, recognise it from, from you know, across the room. You go, that's a Blake, and it catches your yeah. eye, and you, you're just drawn in already. Yeah. So you are, you're, you're a, a, an artist and writer for The Bean. In fact, mainly, uh, mainly writing, isn't it? Yeah, nowadays I'm mainly writing for The Bean, yeah. Because I, 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 I checked, I, 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 I Bought myself a copy of the Jubilee, special Jubilee issue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I noticed that, you know, the following credits, Dangerous Dan, Minnie the Minx, The Bash Street Kids, Sketch Cad, Steve yeah. Star, and Mahira of the Match. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Taking yeah, over the comic. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it must be quite something to take on a strip like Minnie the Minx or The Bash Street oh, Kids. Yeah. When did, they... did, you, did you feel the weight of history on your shoulders? Oh, definitely, yeah, with those two. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, they're two of my favourites as well. I'm not just saying yeah. that I'm working on now but they were and they're both they're both leo baxendale strips and he was the creator of both the battery kids and me the minks and he's one of the mm. like grandfathers of british comics you know he's like yeah. so influential even now you know people still you can still see his style crop up but yeah they're both his creations so and he's so revered that you're just like i don't want to break it <laughs> take over you know yeah i mean it must, it must be really daunting yeah yeah it is very daunting and it, it can be quite tricky because it's such a, they're both they're both from the 50s, um, both these mm. strips. So there's already a heck of a lot of content out there about them and you're sort of, you don't want to repeat things too, you know, yeah. but equally you don't want to change it too much. You know, it's unrecognisable from its original form kind of thing. So it's a, yeah, it's a tricky balancing act between sort of keeping it as people generally remember it, but also sort of bringing it up to, up to the modern day, if you like. Um, mm. Like the Bastard Kids recently, we just added three more students to uh, the class, class 2B. And in fact, over the last couple of years, we've had five new students and they've all been uh, people of colour. They've been like, so it's more representative yeah, now I, of I, actual schools. I noticed yeah. that. I noticed that. And, and I, I thought that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, been a, uh, you've made a real effort on, on that sort of thing. I mean, yeah, do, do, you, do, you get, do you get sort of pushback from the usual suspects if you fit on that sort of um, thing? I think we've had a couple. I think the bigger outrage was when they renamed Fatty and Spotty because they did that recently. That was last year, mm. I think, or, or the year before. Last year, I think. Mm. They renamed them to um, Freddie and Scotty, respectively. <laughs> um, and that caused, I remember that, like the usual suspects kicked up about that and it appeared in the mm. Express or something. And oh, I think okay. the Daily Mail did a really poor like parody of it like a comic strip oh, parody no, no. but it was all like you know oh woke the woke street kids i think it was called or something oh, actually, you know woke yeah. Yeah. the word they trot out whenever anyone tries to yeah. exercise any consideration for other people you know like just it's just you know i didn't i didn't think it was a big deal because with million minks she's got a friend called fatty fudge as well and mm. i had 
completely independent. I didn't get a decree from up top or anything. I just completely, just, his real name's Francis. And I found that just funnier as a name for, <laughs> <you> know, for <laughs> Francis that many hangs around with a guy called Francis. <laughs> so I've always referred to him as Francis throughout the strip. I never referred to him as Fatty in that one. Mm. And there was no kickback against that because it wasn't publicized, you know, it wasn't made a thing of. Yeah. And when they did it with the Bass Street Kids, obviously people kicked off and, but mostly there's been a lot of positives as well, you know, people mm. can see what we're trying to do, you know, just ease up on giving kids ammunition to use at schools, I suppose, you know, yeah. uh, and it, it doesn't change anything about, about who they are, you know, they're just, it's just a bit more, a bit friendlier, I guess, a bit more welcoming for people to come and mm. read the comic, yeah. you know. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I mean, this must be the job you dreamed of, you've always dreamed of having, is it? What, what, yeah, 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 definitely. Like I say, I was reading comics as long as well as Dell and other things. Um, I was reading comics loads back in the back in the eighties when there was lo loads more of them available as well. You know, sad to say. Yeah, <laughs> but you had as well as the Beano and the Dandy. You had Topper and Beezer and Wizard and Chips and Buster and Whoopi and Core and like hundreds. <laughs> you know, you were spoiled for choice every week. Yeah, but Beano was always one of my favourites, and uh, I remember like with. Like I was saying about Quentin Blake's art, I was copying pictures out of the Beano, you know, making my own little comic strips and mm. going. I was influenced by uh, Tom Patterson, who's an artist who drew. He's a big. His character who was. He's an artist who was influenced by Leo Baxendale, who I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. And he he created a uh, Clanty James or co-created Clanty James for the Beano, uh, the world's unluckiest boy. And it was a brilliant strip. It was, you can kind of see a through line to Dahl as well, because it's quite cruel to the main character, James. He performs <laughs> these terrible tragedies every week, you know, things falling on him, him falling off things, you know, whatever. <laughs> and it's just, and the artwork is so grotesque as well. He'd get big lumps on his head and his eye would blacken, you know, and his teeth would all fall out or stuff. And it would be like grotesque. But it's the kind of stuff that as a kid, you just swallow up and go, like, oh, this is fantastic. And it felt so different from everything else, you know. Mm. Um, and I used to copy his artwork like religiously like every week go, Ooh, yeah. copy, copy. and from there I sort of do it my own style but yeah it's always been something I wanted to do and so to wind up actually doing it is uh yeah I have to remind myself you know <laughs> blindly <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like with any job you sort of some you're chasing deadlines and you're like oh god yeah. oh. you have the stress yeah. of, of all that but sometimes I have to stop and go this is so cool <laughs> mm. yeah so did did you I mean have, have you had got formal training as an artist or or uh, no, I did like uh, sort of hop, 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 hobby that took over. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it was a hobby that took over. Really, I did it at school, art at school, but I was yeah. not really great at art. Like, I, I think because I had ingesting cartoons so much, like everything came out with a slightly cartoony tinge. I remember my art teacher yeah, being quite frustrated, okay. you know, going, mm. I, you know, you need to make it find the truth, you know, all that kind of thing. I just want to make a funny picture. Yeah, so it's always, I remember when I was 17, I was quite precocious and I sent a letter off to the dandy mm. with a, well, actually with a little strip. I can't remember what the comic strip was now, but I sent in a little comic strip and I've still got the letter back. I got a really nice letter from the editor saying he saw potential, but at the moment he thought my work was a bit stiff and it could have used loosening up and stuff. Mm. So that was nice. So even back then, yeah, I was thinking about this kind of thing and then I fell into I went to university and I came out of university and fell into some like part you know sort of not part-time sort of uh, minimum wage jobs kind of thing you know like just paying bills and stuff <laughs> but I was still working mm. away on stuff like this in the background and uh, again right. out of the blue I just sent off to Cosgrove Hall Films we made Danger Mouse an idea for a cartoon called The Carroty Kid about Kung Fu fighting oh, yeah. carrot mm. yeah <laughs> with, with, a, <laughs> with a great pun as its title The Carroty Kid yeah that's brilliant uh, <laughs> showing where I'd end up probably because <laughs> that's what I do mostly now 
puns and they picked it up they optioned it and we've worked on that for a few years together but it was through that that I befriended Jamie Smart online who's an artist who works for the Phoenix right he does yeah. his own books as well and he, he was doing stuff with the dandy at the time because they were and they were looking to revamp it in 2010 and he said to me oh they're looking for a new art they really want to encourage new artists to come in and you know give new life to the comic kind of thing so you should send something off so I sent it off a strip called George versus Dragon mm. back to the dandy some I don't know 20 years later or whatever it was 15 years later from my first attempt <laughs> um, <laughs> not expecting you know hoping but not expecting for anything and they accepted it initially on like a six-week trial I think but then it mm. wound up running for most of the two years that I was on the dandy and Brilliant. Uh, I got lots of other strips commissioned through that. And that's when I was drawing yeah. and writing. And then the Dandy closed in 2012, mm. uh, unfortunately. It still goes as an annual every year and some special, but the weekly finished in 2012. But because uh, the Beano is owned by the same company, they just shifted me across to the Beano and I started working on there. Mm. And I've done so many characters at Beano now, but because <laughs> I worked at more other and Billy Wiz and Ball Boy and Gosh. Little Plum. Yeah. <laughs> I did those oh, wow. different, different ones before I've settled on these ones at the moment. We'll see where we go, yeah. But it's great. No, it's like unbelievable. Yeah, it's a great gig. It's very fun. <laughs> yeah. Very fun, but quite tricky. But it's quite handy having a kid to influence you as well. Like I was saying about trying to keep it modern. If you've got, I've got an eight-year-old myself, and knowing what he's yeah. into means I can feed it into the strip kind of thing. So it's quite handy. That, that that, that, that's perfect age for isn't it as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can use my child as idea fodder. <laughs> <laughs> so does, 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 does he like the stuff you do yeah yeah he does yeah bless him yeah he's quite like he was still a couple like, of years where he wasn't like yeah yeah it was a couple of years <laughs> where he wasn't quite sure of what i was doing you know what exactly yeah. i did but <laughs> now he's sort of yeah, you, it's someone he sort of tends to seek out first and when he wants me to read to him i often wind up reading my own work back to him kind of thing <laughs> which is quite sweet wow but yeah yeah he loves it yeah he's a big Bino fan as well he's got subscription and stuff so Mm. it's good to see it carrying on <laughs> yeah I, I i was i was clicking on the links from the um from your wikipedia page and i went to the charity kid and it said that something new is happening there yeah so i'm thinking that's... about maybe reworking it as, again as the webcomic at some point but so like mm. sitting there on my to-do list <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> i've got ideas and i've roughed out stuff but i haven't quite pulled it all together yet i'm just trying to find the time but uh, as yeah. you can see i'm doing like six strips and being at the moment, well yeah so. that must, must <laughs> <laughs> and they keep busy around this time of year they commission for the annuals as well for, uh, oh, for next yeah, year right. so i'm writing and all the stories are longer in the annuals anyway so like uh, they're all three four pages and uh, i'm doing artwork for the dandy annual for next year i'm bringing back george versus dragon for the dandy annual all right uh, doing full page strips for that as well artwork and writing so i've got a lot going on at the moment but and i foolishly put that up thinking i'll get around to that soon that won't be <laughs> too far off. and then everything comes in and i'm like oh yeah maybe i'll have to wait a little longer yeah. <laughs> while i get the paid gigs out the way absolutely yeah 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 so i, I i'm gonna have to mention lord likely yes <laughs> decidedly not child friendly no because <laughs> Because <laughs> that was the first, the first I came, uh, the first thing I, I came across of yours. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because it was it's a bit of an internet sensation. The yeah, sort of early, yeah, sort of probably two thousand years, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand seven. I started it. Two thousand seven. Yeah. And it took health, I think, about two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah. That's when it started. I mean, what, was, the, was there ever any interest from publishers for that? I do. I do or remember from... meeting up with 
someone about that. And I went, I went all the way to, to London. We had a nice little meeting. And then he was like, oh, we've probably got enough Victorian-based fiction in our books. So I was like, <laughs> okay. Like, what? You could have just told me that in an email. <laughs> <laughs> so home I went. Yeah, I've, so... so yeah, the, 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 the sort of content of it would have been a good fit for Viz. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I think it would clash with bit too, bit too, bit too sophisticated. Oh, okay. I think it would be similar to, to their. Uh, they've got what's his name? Not Raffles, because that's an actual character. Is it Raffles? There is a character in Viz who's a like I think oh, he's right. a Wardian though. He's the posh yeah. Wardian character, but he's always getting into scraps and stuff. I'm so it might be too similar to that. Yeah. But yeah, because uh, I, I mean, it's, it was it was always beautifully presented and with elegant typefaces and fantastic artwork, and then these preposterously filthy storylines. <laughs> Yeah, that was another thing I just did for my own enjoyment as well, because yeah. I think at the time I was working on the... No, I had finished working on the Carrot Kid. That didn't go anywhere because TV. Mm. <laughs> and so I was like, I just want to get back into writing and just writing for fun kind of thing. And so I just set up... It was essentially... At first, it was just a... I did it on a blog site or something, and uh, it was just the, the fictional diary entries of this awful aristocratic... <laughs> Cove um, and his adventures, you know, would be chronicled every time I updated the blog kind of thing. It would be another diary entry and it would mm. go like that. And yeah, after a while, it sort of found its audience, which was which was nice. And it we started getting like 20,000 hits a month, I think it was at one point. And The Guardian picks us up at one point. And it's, wow. you know, it, it was quite, but then that was another thing that fell by the wayside when I started getting into <laughs> actual work kind of thing. It's a project that I still keep at the back of my mind, but. Uh, Again, it's probably I don't know when I'm gonna get around to it. Because <laughs> yeah. we ended up doing that, that weird collaboration, which is yeah, part of the blog tour to promote Mrs. Dancy. Because yeah. I, I mean I say collaboration, but you actually wrote most of it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was good though, it was good fun. Yeah, I mean I reread it the other day. But I think it still still works, kind of works. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But and so I, I've, if anyone wants to read it, I've actually got it on my on my website. Oh, good. If you, if you go to menu that books Mrs. Darcy was there in spe- and specials brackets alternate franchises, you can find it there. <laughs> there will be. Yeah, yeah. My, so, my site went down, unfortunately, or likely did. But I've still got it archived somewhere, but I just haven't got yeah. to extracting it all and putting it back up again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much of it I want to put up again. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, the, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder whether some of that the, the the irony might be lost on some. Well, that was one of the reasons, I think that's where it lost its luster was the, a little bit, because as it got more popular, it sort of, mm. it spread out to corners of the of the globe that I wasn't quite, you know, expecting really, because it was obviously, a, yeah. not, for me, it was an obvious parody that he was an awful, yes. aristocratic, poor-hating, misogynistic jerk. He was horrible, you know, <laughs> that was yeah. kind of the mm. point. But then I saw any overly patriotic and, you know, just a microcosm of just the worst of you know Victorian slash continuing British society kind of thing you know just these people you know and uh, but it found its way to those kind of people and they sort of absorbed it unironically and it sort of, <laughs> I realized they, when they would follow yeah. me on Twitter or something as a result of it I realized they were kind of agreeing with likely a lot of the time you know, like his stances on things and I'm like that's that, that- that's a really big danger, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's not yeah. what, what I was meant to be doing. <laughs> You're meant yeah. to be going, oh, what an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not going, oh, yeah, he's got a point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's such a good guy. What a guy. I wish I was more like him in the world today. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the old uh, Alf Garnet problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> 
if I ever do re- bring him back, I think I'm going to have to retool him a bit and make it a bit more, <laughs> a bit more uh, <laughs> obvious. Maybe. Yeah, but big I'm, disclaimer. <laughs> mind you, Lord Lifey retooled would be the most fantastic. Oh yeah, t- a great title, title for it, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would, <yeah. laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, you can have oh, that. <laughs> subconsciously innuendoing, even when we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what, uh, what, what, what plans have you have, have you got for for the future? One, you know, other than just carrying on with with uh, with, with the Beano. Uh, yeah, well, I'd like to continue on with the Beano as long as they'll have me. They seem to be pretty happy with me so yeah. far, and um, they keep throwing scripts at me, well, you know, characters at me to write. So. Let's hope that continues, but uh, obviously I'm aware that it could not as well, so I'm trying to think <laughs> of backup avenues. I would like to write my own children's book, actually. It's something I'm working on mm. in the background as well. Probably uh, it's pro- it's more advanced than what I was playing with the character kid. It's like actually being written and I'm nearly done with it. Because I had, I had tr- uh, sent it across to an agent before this idea, and uh, <clears throat> they were quite receptive of it, and they thought it was quite funny, but I never got back <laughs> to them. It was terrible. <laughs> The thing is that, that you've got both both skills. That's, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. That, yeah. that, that is such a such an advantage because you don't have to wait for an artist to show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, At first, or, I was thinking you don't have to wait it. for a writer to show up. At first, I thought of doing it as a collaboration, but uh, then I realised yeah. I could just do it myself. <laughs> just because like, yeah, I have a, yeah. I have a like a. I, I, I guess a lot of writers and artists have it like an imposter syndrome and especially with my artwork I feel like because I see some beautiful artwork in comics and stuff like that and mine's a bit more of a scrappy style I'd say and it's just learning to embrace that and go that's what it is you know rather than yeah. I mean, it, it, as, long as, it's, as long as it's a style yeah yeah that's, exactly that's yeah, the, yeah. that is the most important thing yeah 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 definitely so that's what I'm yeah. trying to reprogram I've been reprogramming my head to think like <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'll do it myself. I'll just illustrate it myself. <laughs> but yeah, I'd really like to get that done. Um, I'd love to have a book just to, for, for my son to read as well, just to go, here you go. Yeah. And I've been reading it to him as well at bedtimes as well, because I do a lot of reading with him at bedtimes because uh, mm. he loves reading anyway, and I love to read to him. I think it's good to encourage. Yeah. And I was reading it to him, and I said it was a work in progress. And he was loving it. He was like wanting the next chapter. And I was like, no, you're going to have to wait till tomorrow to find out what happens next kind of thing. And he was like really hanging on to it and remembering things, you know, when we came back the next so, day, it was like, oh, yeah, they were there and this was happening in there. Oh, what's going on? So I was thinking that could be a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. So hopefully I'll get it pulled together in the, in the not too distant in the next couple of months and uh, we'll see if it flies. I don't know. But I'm hoping. Mm. That's one of my big hopes, my yeah. big projects, personal projects, but that I want to yeah. make real. <laughs> I mean, are you ever tempted to have another go at writing stuff for adults or...? Yeah, like I say, occasionally I have the urge to go back to look. Like he's been sitting in the back of my mind. I do keep thinking about how I can rework him. And like I've had Mm. some ideas about in that regard. But I kind of, yeah, I think he has a good, still a good core there, you know, of the character Mm. and like as a satire on contemporary society and Victorian society. I think it's quite, it's there. I just need to rework it a bit. Sometimes I still think about submitting to Viz again because I've done a few for Viz, um, a few mm. strips in my time for Viz, and they're always fun to oh, do. Right. Where you can just, where you can just, you know, they all <laughs> hang out, so so to speak. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't mind doing having another bash at that because they're they're fun to do. Yeah. Just to go, ah, <laughs> just let it all out. Because uh, I did, I did one about Sherlock, I did the, the Facebook of Sherlock Holmes is one I did for this. <laughs> where he had a, oh, great. <laughs> where he had a Facebook page and uh, what else did I do? I can't remember. 
but I did a few bits and pieces for Viz and uh, yeah, they're fun. So yeah, I'd still like to, but at the moment, I think while I'm on a roll with my children's stuff, I'd like to sort of mm. try and capitalize on it in a way, yeah, absolutely. you know, yeah. try and see what else I can get rolling off the back of it. So that's where mm. I'm sort of focused at the moment. Great. Right. Is there anything else I've forgotten to ask you? What else? Well, talking about satire and stuff like that, that's another thing that I'm quite keen on <laughs> that I've sat, not subtly and not so subtly done in my Beano work over the last couple of years. There was Oh, the NFT of, thing. Tell yeah, me, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. That was So we did a we did a strip. I wrote scripts for the Bass Street Kids. And it was in the height of when I wrote it, it was in the height of the NFT thing. Now it sort of seems to be on the decline, you know. But uh Thankfully. <laughs> at the time I kind of wrote it, it was uh, a big thing and if non-fungible tokens for anyone who doesn't know they're sort of it's a whole different podcast to explain what they, they are but yeah. they're kind of like <laughs> they're kind of like just digital assets that are held on the blockchain which is another thing and oh it's it's it was basically like a it seemed to me like a big grift by a lot of people who are getting very yes. rich off of very yeah. little it is <laughs> And so that hurts me. It hurts a lot of people in the community, the artist community, cartoonist community, whatever. You know, um, they were all sort of like, this just seems, that was like a Ponzi scheme, a pyramid scheme, you know. It's just, so I translate that into the Beano as Danny from the Bass Street Kids selling his farts to <laughs> the other kids. And the NFT there stood for Niffy Fart Trading, as opposed to a non-fungible token. Um, Genius. And all it, all it did was give the kid a certificate because the fart was long gone in the cloud, as he said. <laughs> and obviously the kids felt ripped off and clarity ensued. That one got picked up quite a bit online. I remember it going yeah, viral on Twitter. It's, it's, was it was it's even my tweet? Very good analogy. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it did seem to capture a lot of people's, a lot of yeah. people who were suspicious of NFTs were like, this explains it, you know. And <laughs> that's what I like doing now and again, is I like putting in things like mm. that that, for the kids, it's just a series of fart jokes. It's what it, <laughs> that's what it is. It's like he tries to sell him a trouser ripper or a sad trombone. It'll, a couple of those, a couple of those farts he has on, on offer, and then it involves him chasing a fart cloud through the streets and stuff like that. So it's a, just a fart joke for kids. But for adults who are in the know, you sort of pick up on the other thing and go, ah, yeah. I did that before with a, when there was one about in the Bastard Kids again. It was sort of nominally about Brexit because <laughs> it was about the kids being. <laughs> being in class and uh, some of them wanting to go teacher offering to have a lesson outside <laughs> the classroom going outside the classroom <laughs> but most of the kids were aware that it was forecast to rain and it would be terrible and cold and nothing good would come of leaving the classroom <laughs> some, of the, <laughs> some of the other kids were like no we should stay in the classroom no we should go out of the classroom you know what's the worst that can happen and they have a big argument about it and things and then they go outside and they will get rained on. Um, but um, yeah, so again, for kids, it was just, you know, fun, usual battery kind of arguments and punch-ups and stuff over going, over going outside. But for adults, some picked up on, a, on what we were doing, <laughs> what I was doing. Nice. So that's things I like to, like to drop in as mm. well, like here and there. Yeah. I think Leo Baxendale approved as well because he was quite a political fella. So <laughs> right. Like, I hope he'd be smiling from... From on high. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, great. Right. Well, thank you very much for coming along. No, thank you for having me. It's been great to chat about yeah. George and Darwin and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And to, to finally chit chat in person. <laughs> yes, because oh. it's been it's, it's been a while. You know, we 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 as, as you say, we we we've sort of bumped into each other online for for years and years. Yeah, yeah. Worked together and so, never really. Yeah, uh, indeed. Stopped to <laughs> chat. <laughs> yeah. Great. 
Right, well, this place is intended to be free from adverts, as if anyone would pay to advertise her anyway, but if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to reward us by, in my case, by buying my books, and in Andy's case, by buying the Beano. Andy's on Twitter as your pal Fanton. I'm on Twitter as John Pinnock, and my website is jonathanpinnock.com. This podcast now has its own Twitter account as LitBuckPod, and DMs are open, or email me on LitBuckPod at gmail.com. And do please rate, review, and subscribe so that other people find out about all the other fascinating stuff here. You'll find this podcast in all the usual places. Finally, if you'd like to purchase any of the books we talk about here, or any of the books by my guests, I'm not sure if the Beano is available, but you can do so at ukbookshop.org slash shop slash litbuckpod, and a small percentage will make its way towards supporting this podcast. See you soon. Right, I think that's that's it really. <laughs>